Drawing room over here. You made it. Oh, come on through. Do you fancy drink? What's your tipple? In Europe around 1780, there was a bold and wild new idea in popular music which has shaped the concerts you see to this very day. Up until then, orchestras were background music for entertaining in small rooms, in private homes, while everyone tittered and japed and drank. Along came Joseph Haydn, who wrote music for grander spaces where a larger orchestra was the main event, in turn inspiring a young Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart to pen a rapid-fire flurry of joyous and energising symphonies all within a five-year period. This period is the focus of the Australian Chamber Orchestra's latest program under artistic director and lead violinist Richard Tognetti. Welcome, Richard. Hello. You've said that with Mozart, unlike any other composer, you're dancing on your own joy. What oh. makes Mozart so joyous and humorous for you? I knew that would stick. <clears throat> well, it's not, it's not just joy, of course, because he wrote such works as the Requiem, the Mass in C minor, and many great pieces in dark, darker keys. Um, but there is something about the effervescence of Mozart that is contagious and unique. I mean, obviously that's open for you know, scrutiny and it's highly subjective, but there is something about it. Uh, it comes back to the operas that I grew up with, the first opera, and I'm not an opera maniac, maniac by any means, uh, but the first opera, operatic experience I had, my father took me to see Igmar Bergman's Magic Flute when I was about 11. Yes. And I was wow. blown away by it. Yeah, and um, and it just, you know, it's it's a wonderful, he, he, he more than anyone has a sense of existential wonder. Mm. Yeah, well But said. that's all very subjective. Let's get objective. <laughs> <laughs> the Paris, Linz and Hafner symphonies and some of the music from Mozart's opera Idomeneo were composed largely between 1778 and 1783. What was happening in Mozart's own personal life during this time? His mother died. His father was being a pain in the ass. Um, he got married. But you, you're very rarely aware of personal issues going on through his music i think it's it's a mistake i think it's a mistake to try to read mozart the person through the music but you can see his development as a composer and as a pianist if you can believe it and his failure as an entrepreneur because he he hated salzburg i mean it's funny of course that they celebrate mozart as though they made mozart in salzburg 
I mean, he was made in Salzburg, but they were pretty nasty to him. Mind you, he didn't help his own causes. And then he decided not to um, pursue a career in Salzburg and go global. Of course, the globe back then was a smaller place for a composer. Um, and then he went freelance and, you know, to varying success. But I will say this to the Mozart naysayers, just rewatch or watch Amadeus and Milos Forman. Oh my movie. god! It's still to this. I, well, I hadn't seen it since I was a teenager, and but Amadeus, it's it's incredible, and because of the use of music. But if you come away not being a moved by the story and beguiled by the character, and um, really taken by the music, then you know something's wrong with you. I'd say. F. Murray Abraham was in Amadeus's memory recalls Tom Hulse yeah. as Wolfgang. Previously, Mozart had composed symphonies for, uh, you know, for, for, for not halls, but sort of private salons in private homes. People were often distracted with other things, conversation and dance, perhaps. However, things mm. were starting to change with these starting symphonies. Starting to change. Yeah. Starting to well, change. Well, starting to change. Uh, look. We'd like to think, and don't we like to think that everything's for the people? Um, now it is, of course. The world was a different place, but the music somehow continues to resonate if you open your ears to it. And um, but the thing is that Mozart is, of course, in a position where you know they can beat him up because he was part of you know an imperialist society. But Mozart somehow lived outside of that realm. He he, he was space traveling, and he made. He made music, you know, for ineffable joy, and we can still experience that. Okay. On its merits, <laughs> on its merits, not its politics. Yeah. I am curious to talk to you about the relationship between the music and the architecture. I mean, the Linz was not written for a, a palace music room, but something no. else, wasn't it? Well, yeah, look, so what, what we're playing are these three symphonies, numbers 31, 35, 36, and... The Paris was written very much for, and my, you know, two fingers are up in quotation marks for the peanut gallery of the Parisians. And um, and he wrote knowing what they wanted and expected and then turned certain things upside down, gave them what they wanted and had a pretty good success. You know how he celebrated his success in Paris? He prayed or said the rosary, boring, and then had a, this is very touching. He had, he had an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> wow, effervescent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But he wrote for the, you know, wrote for the for the folk. I was really upset with the orchestra. They were really lazy and rough and ready. And he idolized the Mannheim Orchestra, Southern German. I think it's Southern German or Mid German Orchestra. Uh, that were really disciplined and, and played exceptionally well with extreme, wait for this, extreme dynamics. Dynamics are when you play, you know, different volume, volume mm -hmm. levels. So you play really loud and really soft, which was unheard of, so to speak, in those days. And um, and he was hoping that the Parisian orchestra, the Concert Spirituel, was was up there with the Mannheim, but, but they weren't. But nevertheless, he wrote with those dynamics in mind and continued that it, those extreme theatrical dynamics for the rest of his career. And so that's the Paris symphony. Then the Hafner he wrote for a, well, I found my old graduation gown and wore it at the rehearsal yesterday to represent Hafner, who was uh, ennobled 
And, you know, boring story, but that's what he, who he wrote it for, Incredible Symphony. And, uh, and he, he wrote of this to be played with great fire and as fast as possible. And, and the lints. And the lints is, whereas the Paris and Hafner are really muscular, but, he, um, but the lints is more, it's subtler somehow, not so muscular. And get this. So he wrote the lints in if it, if you can believe him and you can't really be- believe the letters they're sort of all over the place in a way especially the chronology but um he wrote the lints in 4 days see this is the manicness that i'm talking about yeah. what what was driving him at this point Ritalin. I mean, he was Ritalin. one of the first adopters of Ritalin. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like Kerouac, you know just writing endlessly on a long roll of paper he really yeah. was focused in this period of time richard tonietti's with me on rn drive we're talking the the ACO's latest program. You've also included a ballet music from Mozart's yeah. opera in Idomeneo. Uh, how do you feel yeah. this piece complements the symphonies? Um, really well. Look, um, written on spec, really understood the the genre, and then took it beyond. Um, so it's written in 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 Munich. For he really admired the musicians. He found them highly professional. Um, and so it, it's bizarre music because he, there's this ballet and this ballet music. And at first you think, oh, this is frippery. But the more you play it, the more you realise, goodness me, this is astral travelling at its best. <laughs> um, and so what's interesting about it is that it's sort of Rossini-esque in its frippery. But as I say, but it's got this wonderful depth um, and it changes mood all the time. Which is one of Mozart's hallmarks. I will try to put. I I I, I dare put forward. So at, in with two notes, he can express pathos, and then same two notes, slightly different. He expresses great cheek, like what you find in the movie Amadeus, and then two note with the same two, same gesture. He can express a frown. And and I, I suppose that's what makes him such an amazing operatic composer, as well as the incredible ability to craft, uh, you know, the structure architecturally. But um, so with this ballet music, we're not really sure why he put a ballet in, but probably because there were great dancers there. And what's interesting is that he's got the names of the dancers in the score. So Madame Hartig now performs. So... Um, musicians from the Australian Chamber Orchestra are going to dance the dances from the Domineo. If you could see my face, you'd see I had a wry smile, and of course I'm joking. But <laughs> but um, but you want to dance, okay? There we go. Back to my quote: dancing on, you know, your own joy, exactly. Sense of your own joy, the sense the, of your own joy. Yeah. The ACO has doubled in size for this program, I think 40 musicians rather than mm-hmm. 17. I mean, this is the yeah. style here, filling out the room. Talk to me about the challenges that creates. Okay, so back in the day when he was a, a, um, a salon a, a salon musician, he just had a few string players, as many as he could muster, I suppose, in a small room, think sort of Jane Austen-esque, in Austria, and um, and the winds were main wind players were mainly oboes and horns, 
And uh, But as he evolved, as he developed, as he became a freelancer, bigger was better. And the Parisian orchestra was r- massive. We're undergunned, actually. There's something like 20 first violins, but we can't afford that. And um, But we've got enough. And, um, and yeah, I think he, he liked yeah, as many players as possible for as much drama um, as his career evolved. This is for the orchestras, of course. Well, it's an absolute superb chance to look at this five years of his life and just the complete productivity of it, despite the all the things going on and the ice cream eating in the background. Uh, the and ACO, the gambling and, and the, the, um, <laughs> the, card, the billiard playing and the alleged womanizing and, <laughs> and everything yeah. else. Well, Almost. you come for the music, you stay for the stories. ACO's Mozart program is touring nationally from the 17th to the 28th of June. Richard Tognetti, always a pleasure. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to a podcast of The Drawing Room with me, Andy Park. For more great conversations, search for The Drawing Room on the ABC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts.